Welcome to CDMX Expats. My name is Raquel Ramirez, and I'll be your host. This is a show where I interview people about moving to Mexico City, how they ended up here, why they stayed, the good, the bad, and the surprising about living in one of the largest cities in the world. Subscribe to the show to hear the real stories of expats in CDMX. In today's episode, I interview my friend Jermaine Hoffman. We talk about traveling around Mexico during COVID, renting in the city, mosquitoes, parks, art, and the power of WhatsApp. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome. <laughs> Tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Jermaine Hoffman. Most people call me Jay. Uh, I'm just a dude, just a regular guy, just living life. Where are you from? I grew up on the East Coast, about an hour outside of New York. I've lived Philly, Miami, LA, San Diego over the years, kind of just moving around. And then about two years ago, I've been spending uh, some significant time in Mexico, kind of off and on, especially these last few months. So, yeah. What brought you to Mexico? Why Mexico over any other place? I think the overwhelming reasons are because the time zones. I have a consulting business. I work in tech. I have a bunch of clients. They're mostly California slash West Coast. Mm -hmm. And Mexico plays at the time zone advantage where we're two hours ahead right now, this time of year. So I can sleep in, I can go out and party, yeah, or I do whatever, but it makes it nice that you're not too far off. Uh, a few years ago, I traveled to Southeast Asia, nightmare, yeah. right? So right now, two hours, plus or minus, East Coast is an hour, That's super convenient. What's the time difference in Asia? A, a number greater than 10 and less than 20. It's the reverse. If it's our AM, it's their PM at that same time, give or take. How do you feel the prices compare? Because that's sure. a big reason why you would go to either. Sure. Great question. As far as the, I spent some time in New Zealand, very expensive. I was also doing all the tourist things just because it was such a long flight. I was like, I'm going to check all these things off. But when I spent some time in Bali, I think housing was probably cheaper there. Granted, I'm in right. the nicer neighborhoods in, in Mexico City, the more expensive stuff. But you can always find stuff for your budget. When you say cheaper, do you mean significantly cheaper? In Bali, I paid $11 a night to live. So in pesos, that's roughly 200 pesos. So $11 a night means $300, 300 yeah, a month. for sure. That's doable in Mexico City, but not... For a room. Was that an apartment? Yeah. Go yeah. on bedroom apartment. One bedroom apartment. I share, it was villas. And they were all around a super sick infinity pool. Uh, yeah, that is significantly cheaper. For that price in Mexico City, it, it is doable, but you'd end up having one, multiple roommates, but two, you'd probably be in maybe cool neighborhoods, a Cuyocan, I think uh, Santa Maria Rivera, Los Pinos, shout out to Cones. Uh, sorry, I had to do that. Uh, but yeah, whatever your budget is, you can make it work. Yeah. Well, how long have you been here now? You said you've been traveling. How long have you been in Mexico? How long have you been in Mexico City? I did a recon trip about two years ago. A recon? Uh, a little recon. Yeah, just, okay. you know, feeling it out. Obviously, I've been to the tourist places, doing a long weekend or whatever. But I did a recon trip to the city of Oaxaca. Mm. I'm in the south. Great town. Very affordable. Very good food. They say that Oaxaca is like the flavor of Mexico, but everything kind of comes from there. All the moles and tamales, Oaxacanos, all the good foods and mezcal. Uh, Oaxaca is one of the six or seven gastronomical regions of Mexico. A lot of great food comes from there. So I went there at, at the day the border closed, March 17th, 2020. I was living in San Diego 
And I had an opportunity to walk across the Tijuana because they made an announcement they would close the land bridge. Flew from there to Oaxaca. And I spent about six weeks there. I let my lease expire in San Diego. So I guess I'm a nomad now. But that was the original recon trip. Wow. Uh, you really did a recon. Go hard or go home. What did you take with you? Just like a backpack? I think I had two backpacks. Did you know you were going to be there for so long? When they say they're going to close the border for yeah. an indefinite amount of time, I was like, yeah, I better bring two backpacks. One backpack might not be enough. <laughs> I knew it was going to be hot because it's in the South. But I also knew that Hawk is known for its beaches. So after I did about six weeks in Oaxaca, the city, I took something that's known as a collectivo or more affectionately known as a vomit comet. It's like an oversized church van that cramps people in right. and it drives to the beach towns. So from Oaxaca City to Puerto Escondido, where I ended up, it's 90 kilometers straight line, which is roughly 45 or 50 miles. Yeah. It takes six to seven hours in this van. There's constant elevation changes. It's a one-lane road where people are trying to pass you. Also, the fun names, the Vomit Van, the Vomit Comet. Yeah. It's because if you don't take Dramamine or motion sickness, you will throw up. Right. My fun experience was we were 30 minutes into a six-hour journey. The woman behind me threw up, and I'm in the second to last <laughs> row of this church van. It's 150 degrees with some abs absurd amount of heat. There's no air. The driver had his window down because he was smoking cigarettes, but there's no air conditioning. I'm in the back. It's super hot. And she just threw up on the window. The only saving grace I have on this trip is to look out the window. <laughs> and it just plastered. I was like, this is going to be a long ride. I didn't throw up. Nah, knock on wood. I'll probably never do that trip again. I'll fly. I, I'm curious. Would you do it in a regular bus instead of collectivo? Because a collectivo <laughs> is more of a shuttle. For sure. The, the six hours was the direct way to go 90 kilometers. There's also a couple services, the higher end buses. I think ADO mm -hmm. has a proper shuttle service, like a touring bus where it's like the fluffy 1980s seats. They have a bathroom in the back. Yeah, there's a bathroom with the, air, the airplane style vents. Yeah. And I think that's a 12 or 13 hour. But one was $3 and the other was 15. And I was told that I had to do it. It was an authentic Mexican experience that you have to do at least one time. That is truly an adventure. <laughs> yeah. So, I made the driver stop every half hour for me to get out, and I dry heave every half hour for six plus hours, but I did not throw up, and I made it to Puerto. Did you take Dramamine or? No, it was, it was too late at that point. Oh, get some Dramamine if you're going to Oh, for sure. Trip. For sure. Or just enjoy the ride, or sit, really sit up front, and you'd be fine. Mm, good job. Um, I get to Puerto Escondido, instantly fell in love. Beautiful beaches, way affordable. The internet's not very good, and I fucking love that because it was like when all this shit was happening in the news, you could check out and just enjoy life. Go to the beach, oh, beautiful sunsets, and because of the pandemic, there was almost no tourists there. So I had these beautiful beaches to myself. There'd be like 15, 20 people. It was amazing. Yeah, it was so good. When they closed the beaches, I left. I had to leave Mexico, gotcha. um, which was around, I think, May 2020. It was like a month and a half or two months. Yep. Did the fun, fun thing to do in your 30s, move back with your parents, <laughs> since I didn't have Belize. Uh, so I did that for a few months. And then uh, as soon as I was able to, I went back to Mexico, actually went to Puerto. Um, I did about six months there consecutive. And the beach town got a little too hot for me. There's not really good air conditioning there, along with not having internet and Wi-Fi, which at some point you need that to work if you're a digital nomad. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, you're just a nomad and <laughs> minus the digital part. Did a couple weekend trips to Mexico City to see friends that I met in Puerto. 
And I was blown away with the food in the city. Like I said, I, I grew up an hour outside of New York. And this to me is the New York of all of Latin America. Yeah. As far as the museums, the dining options, there's actually a coffee shop scene here. Oh, uh, there's a huge coffee shop scene. Absolutely. I've been blown away by how many adorable sidewalk yeah. coffee shops there are. It feels very much like Europe in a lot of ways. It's very neighborhood. Yeah. People just, you see the same people every day, especially Avenida Amsterdam and Parque Mexico. You'll see the same people having their coffee. And I have this rule if I see someone three times, on the third time, I have to say hi to them. That's one of the cool things about Mexico City is that even though it's a big city, having grown up in the US, lived in Philly, Miami, LA, they're big cities, but people aren't that friendly. Right. Right. So here, especially because I have the, the three times rule, people are just so warm and welcoming. And you, you don't even think that you're in a big city because of you don't have that attitude of looking at my phone or feet on the ground, like typical New York, like straight to the office or whatever. No, it's very approachable here. I, I think in terms of the people, it's very approachable, but also just all around. It's incredibly easy to move here and feel very comfortable pretty much immediately. In, in the few places I've been throughout Mexico as a, as a whole, I would say that about the country, but it's oh. very warm, very welcoming. Like I said, I came here day one of chaos, pandemic, borders closing, and people were still warm and friendly. And yeah, like there's a little bit of a, a time period where people were freaking out, like, oh my God, like the world's going to end. Like everyone has to wear masks. No one talked to each other, social distance, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, there still was a lot of like interpersonal, like, I feel for you. There's like unspoken communication that you knew people were very warm and receptive and stuff. So I love that. So now you have been here in total how long? It, so I've been in Mexico City for just over four months uh, consecutively now. Okay. You got here in May? April. Yep. You, oh, okay. You've been here six months. How long do you plan to stay? That's a really easy question for me to answer because I just signed a year lease, like literally uh, yesterday. Congrats. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So that actually leads me to an interesting question. How difficult was it to get that apartment? Uh, Two-part answer. So originally I signed a three-month lease. I showed bank statements, picture my passport, and they wanted first, last, and security, which is kind of the entire three months. So that was fine. Uh, this process was a little bit different because it was a year and I don't have the foreign residency. I have the six-month visa. They wanted an eval and a police. Police. I think the word's jurisdiction in English, but it's yeah. the Spanish. It's like an of, uh, insurance policy, right? There's an insurance policy and there's like a financial background check. For the eval, there are insurance companies where you can pay them. They do the background check on you and they put things in place so that they interact as your guarantor, mm -hmm. uh, your co-signer. And that allows you as a foreigner to acquire a rental property here for long term. Oh. There is a fee associated with that. Do you remember how much that was? It's a percentage of rent given the Condesa Roma neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. It'll be about 200 to 300 US dollars. So five or 6,000 pesos at current exchange rates. Interesting. Okay. Technically, they're a lawyer and they're there to represent you when signing the legal documents for the lease. The ones I worked with, they're really great, perfectly bilingual. As far as going over a lease contract, if you're in a foreign country, you want someone who's local to explain what you're signing. Right. I have a pretty proficient level of Spanish, but contractually, yeah. good to have another how, set of eyes. How's your Spanish legalese? Legalese? Not as good as ordering tacos. 
when you came to Mexico City, what do you feel was the most surprising thing? Can I answer this from my perspective, but also from my friends' perspectives? Sure. It's how hands-on things are in Mexico. Human interaction. For example, I had a friend visiting, but he was staying in Polanco, which is a bit fancy. I mean, things are a little bit different there. In Condesa Roma Norte, trash, for example, comes by three times a day, seven days a week, which is vastly different than most places in the world. Yeah. But the way it works is a guy jumps off the truck and he's ringing a bell. My friend saw this. He's like, that guy's batshit crazy. He's ringing the shit out of that bell. Like, why is he doing this? Because in his neighborhood, they didn't do the bell. It's, it's nicer, high-end uh, apartment buildings where you just drop your trash off in the building. They don't have the hands of hand. So think about where you probably grew up. You put your trash out in the morning. You don't see the trash guy. There's no interaction whatsoever. Here, everyone gives them a tip and it's like, thank you. Everyone's super grateful. Whereas, again, growing up in the States, for me at least, you just put your trash out and you're like, I don't want to see that guy. I don't want to talk to that guy. Like, just take my trash and do your thing. And I'll come back when you're gone and I'll put it back in my house. And the same thing with the street vendors till 10 at night, tamales, bajacanos, and they say, compra, like those kind of things were the, kind of the most surprising for me. Oddly enough, I, I went back to the U.S. for about a week and the day I got back when I heard the street sounds of Mexico, I was like, man, it feels so good to be back. This is what I missed. I missed this human connection. It's just on a really personal level. Yeah. There's so many of these different calls, obviously the se compra, the fiero viejo. The official name. Or there's a sweet potato guy who has a whistle. He loves the, oh, the whistle. I love the whistle. It's like a steam whistle or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 The there's... first time you hear that, you you think there's like a train coming. You're like, what is this? Sweet potato. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to go try those. I haven't had them yet. But yeah, there's also the gas. Yeah. yeah. There's another whistle for the knife sharpeners. What? Yeah. They ride around on their bikes and they'll come by and they'll sharpen your knives. Amazing. Yeah. You're right. That's all very personal. Yeah. Uh, on, on top of the uh, tamales Oaxacanos. Yeah, for sure. Which I tried one day and they were terrible. <laughs> I was so excited about them. I got all three flavors. It was, I think, red salsa, green salsa, and sweet. Yeah. And then I got the tole, which is like a hot chocolate, but made from masa. Uh -huh. That was pretty good. But man, those tamales, they're very gelatinous. I couldn't get over the texture and the flavor just wasn't there for me. In their defense, they're on that bike for 19 hours a day. So maybe I want those a little old or a little stale. There's a part of me that wants to find more of these tamales Oaxaqueño biker dudes and just try all of them. <laughs> see which one's the best. Yeah, see if all of them are bad or all if there's good ones. And, and maybe I just have to find the right one. So kind of related to that, what has been the best thing about Mexico City for you so far? Going into Mexico City, what my perception was versus reality, that's been the best thing. There's been such a huge surprise in a good way. What do you city. mean? What was your expectation? Well, for one, it's a much greener city than I thought. I just thought it was a 12 million person metropolis. I'm expecting massive buildings and small. And there's certain factory neighborhoods, obviously. But as far as in the, the main downtown areas, there's parks every two or three blocks there's fountains there's running paths in the middle of the main arterial streets there's a 20 foot wide running path slash dog path yeah. and it's covered with tr arches of trees going over it yeah especially it, right around here right by parque mexico avenida amsterdam yeah. calle man nuevo leon you could literally walk four or five miles just on these paths go like one yeah which is amazing 
especially uh, this time of year, it's a little bit more rainy, the wet season. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're in a jungle sometimes. Like it's so green. It's so lush. And that was another thing. I didn't think it was going to be this green. Oasis. Basically. Yeah, exactly. I lived in California for six years. It never rained. And here I'm like, <laughs> there's thunder. There's rain. There's weather patterns. What is this place? And the weather's actually also blew my mind. I assume wow. Mexico South, it would be like Texas. Crazy hot, humid. But no, Mexico City's great. I hate to use this as the examples. But it's almost like San Diego in the sense that it doesn't get too hot. It's kind of like the just right temperature. Yeah, it cools off at night. You have a breeze. El Clima has been a good surprise for me here. Yeah, it gets cold. In air quotes. It doesn't get very cold, but it does get chilly. And even though it rains a lot, I really appreciate that it mostly rains in the evening. Oh, absolutely. You don't have these all day, four days rain kind of thing. You get breaks pretty much most mornings. You can go out and do things. Primetime sun hours, yeah. And then in the evening, it starts to get a little cloudy. You know, okay, it's going to get drizzly. And, and you expect it. That's why your tamales are bad. They got a little wet. That's probably it. <laughs> As a fellow Southern California person, I don't do rain. I don't like being wet. I don't like being cold. But I really don't mind Mexico City rain because it gives me a chance to use my jackets. Somebody mentioned... That the nice thing about being in like London is that you get to wear your pea coats and your scarves and your boots. And you get to do that here too. But in the evening, during the day, it's pretty nice. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You just walk around some tennis shoes and mm-hmm. lighter tops, maybe throw on a light jacket if I need to, but it's quite nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, especially with all the rooftop bars, it's sunshine, breeze, and if it rains, all the bars have covers. So you're like still outside. You don't feel like you're in a cramped bar. Or in the rare chance it rains in Southern California, those rooftops don't always have coverings. It's just you and the clouds. Yeah. So they have to shut it down and you're crammed inside. But here it's very outdoorsy. I like it. Also, there's not that many rooftop bars in California. Surprisingly, right? Like maybe on the beach, like the Strand, certain areas. But here there's so many. So many. There's tons of rooftop bars. There's like rooftop bars that have rooftop bars. Are there? Yeah, there are. Actually, there are. A Supra technically is a rooftop bar that has another a r- level. Bar, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. There totally are. Yeah. <laughs> it's typical Mexico fashion, dos por uno. <laughs> so, Jermaine, what's been the worst thing about Mexico City? You've been here six months. So two little nitpicky things in the grand scheme of things aren't too big. One, there's no window screens <laughs> around seven or eight at night. Once the sun starts coming down, the mosquitoes come out. And no one has air conditioning because it cools off at night. So what better opportunity than to leave your windows open? Get a nice cool breeze while you're sleeping. No, mosquitoes. Yep. So if, if someone's listening, business idea, come out with window screens. Mosquitoes are terrible. And part of it is because it rains so much. Yeah. And there's exactly. trees everywhere. That's the trade-off with the rain. You have that yeah. nice clean air that kind of knocks yeah. down some of the big city smoke and smog. Yeah. yeah. So when it rains... The second you go outside, especially Parque Mexico, Avenue to Amsterdam, all those green walkways, you literally feel like you're in the mountains. You're just breathing clean, fresh, plant-provided air. It's amazing. I do want to mention one trick with mosquitoes. Mosquitoes eat me alive. So I've dealt with this a lot. You have my attention. There's two solutions that I found. They're similar. Raid rolls. It's this incense. Uh, They call them like rolitos. Rolitos. Yeah, we had those in Puerto. It almost looks like the electric stoves, like the coils. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The ones that I have are lavender scented. <laughs> they smell nice. 
and they come with like, the a little stand yeah. and you just eight wanna... or ten hours yeah yeah exactly they burn off and they keep the mosquitoes away so that's one the second one it's same idea but a little bit fancier it's a glade plugins uh, it's an incense that just plugs into the wall and they last 30 days and i also have lavender in that i have giant windows yeah. in my place every Florida floor State, every yeah. room has these giant windows and they were eating me alive when i got here so those are the solutions i found also they've got these electronic plugs that put off some kind of frequency there's no incense or anything uh, so is it like the, the early 90s like and the people would have in their backyards like the bug zapper things i think it's similar, similar but level. this is more like the silent dog whistle thing oh. these keep away the, the mosquitoes through nice. some electronic field so i mentioned there was two nitpicky things yeah um, one is the screens which in the grand scheme is a really easy problem to solve right thank you for that or just buying a window screen the other one and this is true of most foreign countries that your body's not acclimated to there could be an adjustment period so i ended up getting food poisoning pretty bad uh, i think it was my first or second week in mexico city i like street food uh, <laughs> same yeah obviously i mean great place for it i didn't make a good decision there was a super cheap green juice place and if you talk to anyone who's local anyone who's been through mexico they say to wash your vegetables with the disinfectant the iodine solution yeah just because the water isn't treated here or there could be pesticides that could cause you to get sick so i went a super cheap i think it was like 22 pesos for one of those green juices oh yeah i need vegetables there's I no vegetables that. in mexico right like tacos burritos all these things are just fried tortillas cheese meat <laughs> and delicious oh amazing not and the most healthy amazing yeah a sprinkling of onion and yeah. cilantro that's the extent of vegetables and nopales you could just tell by looking at this cart all the red flags were going off and i was like but i need vegetables so i did it <laughs> i ended up in the hospital in four days i lost about 18 pounds <gasps> yeah so now i don't do vegetables i just do carnitas all, all day every day carnitas arrachada gosh how does that happen? What did they diagnose you with? Prior to getting to Mexico City, I had spent a lot of time in, in Puerto Escondido, six oh. months. And there, there's a, a similar thing where people tend to get sick once or twice a month. Usually it's a 48-hour thing. Mm -hmm. So that's originally why I was like, oh, I get sick in Mexico City, 48 hours, not going to see a doctor, not going to do anything. But then I wasn't getting better. I couldn't even drink water or electrolyte. The second I would do that, I would be like, oh, nope, going to throw up. So eventually I made it to a hospital. Did they say it was a parasite so, or a... Yeah, so there's a magical pill that you can get at the pharmacies called Treda. The generic is neomycin. Okay. Or neomycina in, in Spanish. And it's three or four dollars equivalent, like mm -hmm. less than hundred pesos. And if you ever have any stomach issues, you take one, maybe two pills and you're instantly good. The flip side to that is it completely wipes out your gut biome, your immune system. So the next time you get sick, it's two or three times worse. Oh, geez. So I had done that probably too many times in a row. Or anything would just knock me out. And that was the case of the, the 22 peso green Hugo. Uh, green Hugo. Gotcha. Hugo, they? Sorry. <clears throat> okay. So magical pill that comes with a caveat. At the time when you're not feeling so good and your friends want to party or you have an event to go to, mm -hmm. you're like magic bullet 100% of the time. I'll deal with the consequences later. So yeah. now advice for, for anyone listening. Just go to a normal restaurant, breakfast, spa, coffee shop, whatever, and pay like 35 pesos for the green drink and you'll be all set. You'll be good. Amazing. Great tip. What's been your favorite memory so far? Favorite memory? 
Um, I've made a lot of memories. I love how many museums there are here, and a lot of them are, are free or relatively cheap. And now that they're opening back up, there's so many to see, so many to do. Even in Chapultepec itself, for any of the New York-based people, it's three times the size of Central Park. It's this amazingly green, giant park. They call it the lungs of Mexico City. Yeah, it's actually twice the size of Central Park, okay. almost exactly. I believe it's 640 square meters, and Central Park is 320 okay. square Yeah, meters. I knew it was above and beyond, and Central Park is this massive thing that takes up most of the island that New York is, right? Yeah. Um. So within there, there's uh, the Chipotle Castle, which just reopened up recently. There's seven museums, the zoo. There's a theme park. There's a ski park, botanical garden. But there's uh, the Audiorama, which oh, I love. Oh, God. Yeah, do you want to explain? There's a couple around the city, but the one in Chapultepec is carved into this rocky hill. It almost makes an amphitheater. Mm -hmm. And they have really comfy chairs set up, the avocado-shaped ones, the egg-shaped ones that hang. Yeah. Right? They're, they're suspended in the air. And they play classical, maybe not Beethoven, but that kind of style of classical music or light jazz. And they have a couple racks of books, English, Spanish. There's probably French. I've seen some German books. But you literally just walk up. They take your temperature, give you a little squirt of hand sanitizer, and you can just sit there and read and be outdoors. And it's an outdoor library, essentially, where it's frowned upon if you're talking, if you're on your phone. They usually ask you to leave. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just a great way to just be out reading a book and, yeah, just relaxing in the big city. Yeah. It's a public audio garden. There is another one in... In Parque Mexico. And that one's super cool because there's a lazy river type fountain thing. But there's also a really big lotus flower that's this amazing orange and it's orange and yellow yeah exactly and it's just like this zen garden you're in the middle of a big city but you don't realize that when you're there you look up you see trees that are probably hundreds of years old they're as tall as the buildings and you're just like man okay mexico city i like you you're cool yeah i think audio rama in barque mexico is the single greatest quality of life enhancer oh. it reminds me that this government, at least to some extent, cares about mental health and is thinking about it. A thousand percent. Expanding on that, all the parks, Parque España, Parque México, Chapultepec, yeah. they have these outdoor jungle gyms. They have jungle gyms for the kids mm -hmm. with the swing sets and the slides. But there's also like this very rugged in a good way, at least, at least as a male power lifter. But there are these like steel beams mm -hmm. and there's cement on them to act as weights. Oh. And it's very prison style but it works and it's right. outdoors it's obviously it's weatherproof if you had real weights they would rust there's a, a couple super cool ones on insurgentes one it's a block away from plaza de rio de janeiro mm -hmm. but there's like parallel bars there's a gymnastics rings and people are just getting down just yeah. getting their workout getting their help on it's it's awesome yeah it's good to see yeah i love those i've spent some time on the one in parque mexico there's another one in Chapultepec park and they're nice because they're accessible to everyone Free. Yeah, you just walk up. They're, they're, they're free. So that's, you know, the first thing. And they don't have gates around them. So they're not like open certain hours. But also their body weight. I was going to add that too for the not crazy intense people. Yeah. Uh, people of all levels. Exactly. They're like the plastic ones you see in places where you sit on the machine a certain way and it uses your body weight's resistance. I often see grandparents uh -huh. out there and maybe they've got their grandkids with yeah, them. Exactly. But they're out there and they're all working out because these are just, it's public gym equipment. Exactly. And they're pretty well maintained also. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I love that the, the parks here in Mexico City have redefined the way I think about parks. They've set the bar so much higher. 
I don't know if you've noticed, but there's very few parks that just have regular grass. Yeah. Because almost all of them are manicured gardens. They're not just a bunch of grass with some trees thrown in this lot. They're well thought out. They're well designed and beautiful. They have these little bridges to go over these three inches of water, whatever it is, but it's it's cool. And you see the dogs love it. It's almost like a theme park for dogs that they're training for best in show, <laughs> running through the bushes. And yeah. it's like their obstacle course, like a Spartan race or something for dogs. <laughs> it's so yeah. cool. Plus, most of them have a lot of really cool sculptures in them too. Oh yeah, like the Einstein is in one of them. Yeah, they have some really cool stuff. There's a surprising amount of incredible art you strewn to, around the city. You have city. to go looking for it though. It's kind of subtle. There's one Icarus of all things, and it's just off Nuevo León right before Parque España. Yes, I know exactly It's so you're cool. About. Every time I walk past it, I stop and I'm like, have you guys seen this? It's yeah. so cool. It's, it's like the bird. Exactly. It's a, with the wings. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple of those. Even on Avro Bragón in Roma Norte, mm. there's one that's like elevated yeah. that most people don't see. I have a lot of local friends, and they're like, dude, I've never seen this before. Thanks for pointing that out. This has probably been here forever. Yeah. But it's tucked in the trees, those walking paths that are in the middle. You have to kind of look for it, but you see it and you're like, this is an amazing sculpture. The one I'm talking about, it's a thinking man. It's like a modified Captain Morgan pose where he's seated instead of standing. And he's got the one, one knee bent and he's kind of thinking like this. Not that anyone can see what I'm doing right now, but. I think I know what, I, what you're talking about. And he's kind of on a plank. Exactly. Yes. Ah. Yes. Mm. Yeah. We should do a little art crawl. Oh, you know what I can do? If I find them on Google Maps. I can make a list of them and then put that list in the show notes. Okay, awesome. I might do yeah. that. That's ambitious. That's awfully ambitious. That is a little ambitious, but <laughs> if, if I don't do it immediately, check back later. <laughs> well, that's really cool. Uh, is there anything else that you want to mention about Mexico? Yeah, just, just expanding street art in general. Yet city-sponsored sculptures are everywhere. Mm-hmm. But the street art is amazing. I've seen crazy fractal... I don't know if it's 3D, 4D, 5D, whatever dimension, but these crazy wolves. I've seen shamans and a lot of the Aztec type indigenous art. Yeah. But modernized with crazy colors and designs, still incorporating kind of the old school roots that they come from. Right. And there's certain neighborhoods uh, like Santa Maria Rivera is a transitioning one where there's a lot of art there, Coyoacan. And it's every neighborhood, but some of them are really on the forefront of artistic redevelopment and kind of, I think the word is gentrification, where they're just big, booming art hubs mm-hmm. that are on the up and up. We really should do an art walk. I don't know. Do you want to organize that? Wait, wait. So I was giving you tasks, and now you're, now you're designing me. <laughs> well, I mean, you've already got uh, yeah. the, the jazz and blues group. That, that's another thing I wanted to mention. So one of the, the coolest things about, at least from my, my perspective, and I, I'm sure everyone would agree, is the use of WhatsApp. It's pretty common internationally. People don't really do the cell phone plans. It's always cafe Wi-Fi. Let me, oh, let me, let me jump on the Wi-Fi. Let me message someone on WhatsApp. Yeah. But here it's next level where it's all groups. I'm a member in maybe 15 or 20 WhatsApp groups. For every interest, there's people that do indoor rock climbing, outdoor rock climbing. There's a run club. There's a yoga club. There's mindfulness. There's people that want to party. There's different language ones. I know there's a Russian one for... Uh, for people that are into that, there's foodie ones, there's vegan ones, there's taco crawls, there's game night, there's the blues and jazz one that I like. I'm sure there's other ones that are just, they're not on my radar because it's not my interest, but I know there's 
late night DJ EDM parties. There's reggaeton parties. There's a hiking one. There's, there's a tennis one. There's people that want to do long weekends somewhere. Yeah. It's so cool. Like I said, I've been to a few places around Mexico. And I'll see in the WhatsApp group, it'll be a friend from some other city has joined. And I'm like, yeah, what the hell are you doing in this group? How, who do you know? And I go, like, oh, I know this person. I'm like, I know that person. <laughs> and that literally just happened today. Like where we're shooting this, I'm in the space. I ran into a girl that I had met in Puerto at a co-working space. And then the next person that came in, they had met the person I was here with in Playa. And then someone else from Tulum walked in that they knew. And then we, we happened to cross paths and it's just, it's a big city. I think it's 12 point X number of, of millions of people. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like once you find your community, you just feel so connected to everyone. There's always events. And that's, again, that's why I compare it to like a New York or an LA where it's just whatever you want, whatever your niche is, there's something for you. There's literally anything you could possibly think of. Yeah. I, I just looked it up. You and I are in 12 mutual groups. Uh, that's because I just left a couple. I was overwhelmed. That's after you <laughs> left a number of them. Yeah. Uh, I checked someone else the other day and we were in, I think, 20 mutual groups. And those are just the groups that you share. So there's other groups that you're in just to go that next level of how connected you are to these people. I think the limit on WhatsApp's 250 something. And most of these groups have a waiting list. Yep. Right. So there's people in the on deck circle, like yep. one person out, one person in, and people are fighting over these spots. Pretty, pretty soon, this is going to be like the new crypto, like the new craze of, yo, I'll, I'll sell you my spot. There's, there's yeah. gonna be, someone's going to make a marketplace after this. WhatsApp marketplace. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I dread the day. <laughs> but that just happened in Tuesday Night Dinner Club yesterday. Mm -hmm. So Tuesday Night Dinner Club, I've been hosting this now eight weeks, uh -huh. different restaurants every week, anywhere from 20, maybe 30 to 80 people typically. And yesterday, the group that I used for logistical planning mm -hmm. hit the 256 hit the limit. Max. And I had to go in and ask people to leave the group if they're not in Mexico City. There's people wanna... messaging me asking to get in. In the main group, I kick out people if they're not active in two or three days. Yeah. But in this one, I can't do the same thing. Because it's once a week. Yeah. So I can't in good conscience just go back a few days and kick people out. I've got to figure out what to do about people who want to keep coming to these events. These are good problems to have. Keep like, growing. I have too many friends. I have too many people that want to <laughs> hang out with me. These events are so much fun. It, it was really fun. Uh, yesterday we had beer pong yeah, and I was, in, I, I was in the back playing Jenga. Th that's right. Super yeah. fun, yeah. Jenga, did you end up playing Street Fighter at all? So that's my biggest regret of Mexico City was not playing Street Fighter last night. <laughs> so when you sent out the pictures initially in the group, I was like, oh, fuck, Street Fighter. <laughs> and like, I hear the theme song in my head. And it was raining last night, so I called an Uber. I show up at the bar, and I see it, and I make a beeline for it. And the host's staff was like, hey, come back. You have to do the COVID protocols. And I was like, I want to play Street Fighter. <laughs> and then they sprayed me down, like the... The hand sanitizer. Thing, like Roundup Weed Killer, Power Washer, or whatever they sprayed me yeah. with. And once that happened, I totally forgot about Street Fighter because I saw people I knew and one track mind. Yeah. But I'll, I'll be back. Thanks for yep. reminding me that. We'll have to do it there again. I yeah, mean, sure. they have ping pong and Street Fighter and Jenga. And if they have Uno, Yahtzee, and Jenga, I'm not going anywhere else. That will be my spot. I don't know if they do, but they do have boozy milkshakes. Yeah. And those were ridiculous. I don't do alcohol and sugar together because I get hangovers. But they convinced me to have half of one the other day. And 
I I couldn't stop myself. They're so delicious. There's something about having a milkshake just in general. Yeah, they had a chocolate and Jack. Oof. If anyone out here is in Condesa, highly recommend Jupiter Condesa. Try their boozy milkshakes. They're amazing. Oh, so going back to one of the questions you asked about the favorite thing in Mexico. Yeah. I never had a Carajillo until I came to Mexico City. Other parts of Mexico don't really have those. Yeah. In the States, I've never even heard of that. Like Liquor 43 yeah. wasn't on my radar. I went out for some of my buddies that I met in Puerto that are from Mexico City. And that was kind of my recon trip here for her 30th birthday. And they're like, that in between dinner time where you're like, that's 8.39, do I go home or do I get a drink that makes me want to party? Mm -hmm. And then someone's like, Carajillo's for the table. Let's do a round of it. Yeah. The second it hit my lips, I was like, oh, I love coffee. Yep. I love whatever Liquor 43 is. Yeah, this is great. And I've had some really good ones in the city. Have you been to Garajil, the restaurant? No, I've been wanting to. You definitely got to check it out. And if you go any day but Monday, ask for Alex. Okay. He's the head bartender. Ooh. And the only other bartender that I've had blow my mind as much as him is Carlo at the Modernist in San Francisco, who was literally one best bartender in the world multiple times. Alex at Carajillo, shout out. I'm at that point where, yeah, I think a Carajillo might yeah. be what the doctor calls for. Um, I think they have eight different types or something. There's okay. a couple other places that do their spin. I know Madre Cafe has a Madre Carajillo, mm -hmm. and it comes out this uh, almost robin egg blue. I don't know what they put in it, but that's like a fun spot. What's it called? Uh, Madre Cafe. Okay. It's a vibe. Like, it's a fun place. There's DJs, and it's a cafe coffee shop. Yeah. But not really. But also kind of a nightclub coffee shop. Okay. With like, higher-end food. It's at LA, New York. It's a good vibe. And then right next to it, there's an Italian place. They have a Carajillo Negro, and it's a Carajillo with a uh, black label. Ooh. And it's, I think it's actually cheaper than the normal one, which doesn't make sense. I want to say it's like 130, 140 pesos, $7. That will change your night. If you're on the fence about going out, have one of those. And you're like, nope, decision made for sure. Getting it. Exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Jermaine, thank you so much. Was there anything else? Any last final thoughts? Give Mexico a shot. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Like I said, I, I grew up on the East Coast. And my perspective of Mexico is what you hear on the news. Yep. Having moved to California. All my friends are Mexican, uh, dual citizens born in Mexico, or their family might have moved to the U.S. and they were born a couple years later, but always traveled back to see family. And they're like, you know, Mexico's like anywhere else. It has their problems. There's certain places you want to go, certain places you don't want to go, just like anywhere in the world. But give Mexico a chance. People go to these exotic places like, oh, I want to go to Costa Rica because it has jungles. Mexico has jungles. Yeah. Right. Even with not too far from, the, from Mexico City, you can go to San Luis Potosí. Mm -hmm. Right. It's got beaches. It's got jungles. It's got ruins. It's got crazy architecture, hundreds of probably even close to a thousand years old. Some of these buildings in uh, San Miguel and like some of these like Pueblo Magicos, there's waterfalls or cenotes, there's desert, there's junk. It even snows in Mexico. Probably all the climates that you're looking for, you can find in Mexico, nature, yeah. indoor, outdoor, whatever. Mexico City's world-class city. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jermaine. Yeah, thanks for having uh, This is fun. Thanks for coming on. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, thanks. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to CDMX Expats. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with anyone you know who might be surprised to learn more about Mexico City. 
Again, my name is Raquel Ramirez, and I can't wait to share more about this magical city with you. Till next time, to the night.